Well, good morning, Christ Church. You can go ahead and be seated. Thank you for being with us this morning. Coming up after both services today, our new health and wellness ministry. They are passionate about taking care of our church and educating us. So if you have not had your blood pressure taken in a while, go stop and see them, encourage them, and um, check in with a nurse. Also coming up next week, we're having baptisms. If you have said yes to Christ, if you've given him your life, we want to celebrate with you. So that's happening next Sunday. You can register at our Christ Church Ohio website. And then October 29th, we're having our trunk or treat. We're going to have hay rides for the kids. It's going to be a fun day to celebrate. And we're asking for trunk coast or candy donations. So if that's something you're interested in, we have a sign up at the back table. We'd love to have you. And we are also asking, because we are a generous church, um, we have a backpack program that we do. And some of the schools have asked for more food for some of our students. And we want to be able to say yes. So we are asking, um, there's a flyer in the back. You can go to our Amazon account and order food, or you can give three ways, our ChristChurchOhio.org app and our website and our giving boxes. Church, we're so thankful for you. Could you now stand and say hi to the people around you? Well, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Yeah, it is very fall-esque out there, I would say. But I am so glad that you're here this morning with us. We are on week three of our sermon series, Stop Trying and Start Training, um, which is really exciting. And today, we're going to find out that the greater the chaos, the greater the fear that's going on in your life, the more silence and solitude you're going to need. Um, you know, uh, when we practice silence and solitude, we get a greater presence of God in our life. Uh, we get a greater peace that only God can bring in our life. And, and the way we do that is through silence and solitude. So if you don't know me, my name's Aubrey. My husband and I have been going to this church for the past four years. It is completely flown by. Um, we have four kids that come here. We're just so blessed that this church uh, is in our life. And um, when Chet asked if I would preach, um, I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, seems a little scary. Um, but I feel like God has really given me this gift for some reason of public speaking um, even though I am quaking on the inside, uh, you know, I really feel that God works in mysterious ways. So then when he told me what I would be preaching on, silence and solitude, I was like, bro, are you serious right now? I have a husband, I have a dog, and I have four kids. When do you think I've ever had silence and solitude? It's been at least 15 years, I'll tell you that. So, but you know what, God is so good, and in the preparation of this sermon, I think you're going to find that it's easier to weave and incorporate into your life than what you may think. So does that sound good? 
All right, well, we're going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this Sunday. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your peace. Father, I ask that you just be here in this moment with each and every person in this chair and each person watching online, Lord, that they may hear exactly what you have to say. It's in these precious moments and in your heavenly name I pray. Amen. All right. So the text today is from Psalm 46, and it goes like this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. And just to point out, Selah is a rest moment, a pause moment. So it's a, it's a point, and when you're reading the scripture, to pause and reflect on what was said uh, before it. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. So that's a lot to unpack. But before we do, we're going to break it down into sections. So we first need to understand God and realize the necessity of silence and solitude. So the scripture breaks down three concrete truths about God. In verse 1 alone, okay, it talks about who God is, what he does, and where he is. So the first one, who? Well, if you bring up the text, God is our refuge. What is a refuge? A refuge is a safe shelter. It's a safe space to run, to seek protection, okay? Um, as a parent, when my kids get hurt or they're afraid of something, I'm their refuge. And I'm an imperfect parent, right? Our father is the perfect parent. He is the perfect refuge. Verse 11 in this text talks about a fortress. He's a mighty fortress. What is a fortress? It's this building, this, this, this fortress <laughs> that has these giant walls and will literally protect you from everything and anything, okay? But sometimes as humans, we run to refuges that are not smart, that are not going to be shelters and protections. For me, one of the refuges that I run to is putting up my own walls, isolating myself. Have you been there before? Is that what you do? Or maybe, maybe you have a day of where you're like, I'm just watching Netflix all day. It's easier for me to ignore the problem, to move away from it. So I'm going to put my walls up. I'm going to binge on Netflix. Or maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. 
Maybe it's, I don't know, food, okay? We all have these, including myself, false refuges when our number one refuge is God. Number two, what does it say about him? He is our strength, okay? Our strength. We are not strong enough on our own. Me standing up here today is all God's strength, okay? Hey, in the Bible, there's not strong men and women in the Bible at all, church. It's people that God strengthened, all right? Moses, he led his people from Pharaoh, not on his own doing, right? And the thing I want to point out is it's not God and something else. That is strength. It's God alone that is the strength. So if you ever feel like uncomfortable, like I might feel right now, um, you know, lean into that because there's a purpose and a reason for that. And and I don't want to spoil alert here, but in this sermon series, we're going to talk about surrender. Okay. So when you're feeling uncomfortable or there's something that's on your heart. And you're like, there's no way I could do that. Think again. If God has put something on your heart, he will give you the strength you need to get through it. And I'm sure that there's things in your life that you've been through. You know, for me, church, personally, the last five years has been one of the hardest trials of ups and downs. You know, we've experienced death um, of both of my in-laws within a year and a half's time. Um, job loss, we had this thing called COVID, you know, like there's just been a whole lot of things. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to get through this, but we did and we will. So if you're struggling with something, know that you have a God that is your refuge and your strength. And the third thing is where he is at. It doesn't say, uh, uh, he's down the road at Tony's house, you know, like God is with you. He is ever present with you. He's as near as your next breath, all right? He is so close and always with you. And there's a couple things that remind us in the text about that. So if you feel like God is distant, he is not. He has never left his own, ever. And like I said, it goes on repetitively throughout the text. And the last thing I want you to note is in this scripture, God is our refuge. God is our strength. He is with us. Is. Look at that word, is. It's not he was with us. He will be with us. It is he is with us. So take comfort in knowing that. Now, we know that he's our refuge, our strength, and he is with us. So what is our response to that? There's two. Number one is don't be afraid. (laughs) Right. Easier said than done, right? But verse two tells us, therefore, therefore, because of who God is and what he does, we shall not fear. And the text gives a whole bunch of crazy stuff happening. Mountains getting swallowed up by the sea, earthquakes, like all these things. And I think that there are things in our life that seem rather turbulent, right? And the human thing is to fear, all right? Even as a Christ follower, I get scared. I get anxiety too. 
there has been times where I felt like there's no way. How are we going to get through this? What are we going to do? It's so easy to run to fear that I almost forget that I don't need to fear, okay? So, in other words, we can be experiencing the worst of the worst, and it might not be something we're facing now. It might be something that we face in the future. There is nothing stronger, more present, more powerful than our God. And we can take peace and comfort in knowing that he is always with us. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Even in the text that we read this morning, Psalm 46, verse 4, 5, 7, all of it, it says repetitively, God is in the midst of her, will help her. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our creator has us. He's always with us. You're never alone. Even in death, think about that. Like even in death, we are never alone. You know, sometimes things don't go the way as that they're planned, or I planned them rather, right? Like sometimes I have a vision of how something's going to be or go or something happens and I have a plan to like get out of it or try to do better and it still isn't the outcome that I thought it was going to be, but it was still a good outcome. Have you been there before? where you worried about it and you were anxious about it and you came up with this like master plan on how to like fix it and nothing went according to that master plan and then all of a sudden like things fell into place and it wasn't how you envisioned but it was better. Think about that. I'm sure you probably have an experience of that. And that brings me comfort to know that no matter what, God is always going to come through. It might be scary, it might be a little turbulent, but God's going to come through. And man, I don't want to rob God of his honor. And sometimes I feel like I do that when I worry and I fear. I don't want to rob him of that. I want to glorify him. I want to look to him to know that I'm going to get through it. And I want to remind you that God is in control. 110%. I like to think I'm in control. I am not in control of anything. He is always in control. Always. And we should have peace and comfort in that. Philippians 4-7 says, The peace of God that passes all understanding should keep the minds and hearts of all who rest in God. Rest, Sila. doesn't that sound good? Having a peace, being able to rest upon the trials, the turbulence. One of, um, well, a very popular preacher from the late um, 1800s, Charles Spurgeon, he has this quote that says, to have peace among commotion and calamity We must have the Lord as our God. We must have prayer and a relationship to truly have a belief that God is our refuge and strength, which leads us to our second response. So our first one was not to be afraid. The second one is to cease 
we will face hard things. We just need to see. And easier said than done. Um, my daughter, I have two daughters. Uh, my oldest daughter, Harper, when I was pregnant with her during our uh, 18 or 19 week scan, they found um, something wrong on the scan and it was really scary and they weren't really sure what it was and I had already had my baby at home. He had just turned one and we're like going through this and it wasn't how I wanted it to go. And each appointment we went to, they still didn't know and then things were getting dicey and it, it was almost to the point where they sat us down and they were like, listen, we're not sure if she's gonna survive at birth. We just want to prepare you. Um, and I completely shut down. I wasn't excited about my pregnancy. I was scared how it was going to affect me and what we already had, how I was going to process that, deal with it. Like, I was so many steps ahead instead of being in the present moment. And it robbed me of the joy that was still part of the process. I hope that makes sense, church. Um, we're all going to be going through something that we just didn't see for ourselves. And instead of getting still and seeking God, I was seeking other things. Google and things that just were not healthy for me. If I would have handled myself differently, I would have leaned into the community, leaned and ran to the Father. And when we look at how we face that, are we doing it our way? Are we doing it the way of the text, a way of what he is calling us to do? Which brings us to the next part of the text, the very last part that says, Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. In verse 10, church, this is God speaking directly to you in the first person. This is his word. If you ever wanted God to speak to you in a still small voice or like a booming voice from the sky, this is it. And this is what he says. He says, be still, not go to Google, not run to your neighbor, not put your walls up and shut down. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah, reflecting on that. You know, there's a Hebrew word, it's called rapha, which means relax and let go. Could you imagine being in the middle of your chaos, the worst possible case scenario, and having Jesus come and put a hand on you and say, rapha, be still. I got you. I always have. Always will. Relax, let go, be quiet, do nothing. Know that I am God. Know that I am your refuge, that I am your strength. 
I can see the fingerprints, the hand of God over all areas of my life, all over. And whenever, like, I start to get a little anxious, God has these little reminders that he puts in it. It's usually my boys um, where I'll be like, oh, this came up. What am I going to do? And they're like, mom, God's got it. And I'm like, he does. You're right. It's so easy to forget. So I want to encourage you to look over maybe your fingerprints. And these fingerprints of God, they look like different things. They look like maybe people that come into your life, places, communities, situations that you think might just be luck or by default, but really it's your maker. It's your creator that has put this whole puzzle together. He has seen it from beginning to end. There are no surprises, none. So those instances, and I'll share a couple with you, that's God working. That's him. He's got you. So, for example, about five, I'm a nurse by trade. That's what I do in my, in real life. And um, I, you know, worked on the floor for a while, and then I moved into administration, and I had a job where I worked um, Monday through Friday, no weekends, no holidays. Like, it was a good gig. I had four kids. That's great. Like, how many nurses can say, you know, it's usually like the 312s or 410s, and it's exhausting, and every other weekend, every other holiday, and I felt so lucky to have a job where it was good. I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have to sacrifice time with my kids. And this opportunity came up for a different company, a completely different type of nursing job, okay? Like foreign language. I went from like helping people and working on the floor to insurance. I work in insurance, friends. I have to review claims all day. It's a foreign language, medical policies. It's enough to make my head want to explode. And I remember sitting on like first week of changing that job and I was like, what in the world did I do? Like, why did I do this? And the caveat was it was a work from home job. So it's like, it's not something I really needed to do, but like, who doesn't want to work from home? It's not all that it's cracked up to be, just so you know. I probably work way harder, and I'm incredibly more productive than I was when I was in the office. But um, it was something different, something new, and it was scary, but I did it anyway, right? Fast forward, probably six months after I finished my training and everything like that, and I was able to go home, um, my mother-in-law got sick out of nowhere, okay? And we... <laughs> We have four kids, and daycare is expensive. Like, I probably could have paid my mortgage off three times, um, sending my kids to daycare. So she offered to come sit with the kids in the morning. Some were in school, some were not, and uh, she was a great help to us. So when she got sick, here I go, my mind going crazy. So, and it's just like it's a whole bunch of things, too. Like, okay, what am I going to do with my kids? What am I going to do with my husband? Oh, my gosh, my mother-in-law's sick. What are we going to do? What happens if, you know what I mean? Like, that's where I went, and that, that's just not good. But God knew what he, he saw it before it happened, and he gave me an opportunity to be able to be at home. So if she couldn't be there, I was still there, and I could have somebody else come in. I didn't have to worry about arranging daycare and all sorts of things, okay? So that is an example of a situation where this opportunity that, 
just happened to pop up, a door open. That was all God. Second one that I want to talk to you about was this church, how my earthly father um, was used in my life. So for six months, my dad was like, you need to go to this church. You need to come up to this church, talking about this church. And I'm like, okay, dad, you know, church, whatever. You know, like I I was born and raised in church. Um, I was baptized. Everything was great. Then I went to college, and I was a young adult, and things were a little different, and I didn't go to church anymore. And then I was a young adult, and we kind of got back into church, but it just, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling what I needed to feel, and um, I just went, didn't go to church. So the thought of it was, uh, I don't know, uncomfortable. So he's on me for like six months. And my mother-in-law had just passed away, so she did lose her battle to cancer. Um, and we started going to this church, and I walked in, and I just felt so welcomed and so loved, and it was a church that actually preached on the Bible and the love of God, and I felt so full, and it was like God telling me, daughter, daughter, welcome home. Where have you been? I'm so glad you're here. And that, my dad forcing me to come here and joining this church and being part of it was so powerful to me. And that wasn't a mistake because I'm going to tell you what, these past four years, I've needed my church family more than ever. I joined a life group right away, drug my husband to church. He was like, go check it out and tell me how it is. (laughs) Okay. Um, So he came, we joined a life group together. We built these relationships that are going to last in eternity. Um, And it's been so special. So as, you know, we dealt with my father-in-law who passed away a year and a half later, and then we have had job loss and uh, financial uncertainty during that time in, in a pandemic, God knew that I needed him first and foremost in the community of people that he brought into our life here at this church. So if you're sitting here for the first time or maybe you've been here for a while and you're just not sure where you fit in, you have a place here. Join a life group. Say hi to the person around you. Make that conversation with them. It is not a mistake that you're here. God knows the big picture. He sees it all. So take that cease approach. Be still and know because he has you. We're so consumed with distractions, so consumed. There was a time I was working, answering an email. My kid was asking me a question. The dog was barking outside. The TV was on in the back, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I am overstimulated. It's chaos, and we do that to ourselves, okay? And I get it. I have kids. We have sports. We're running here. We're running there. I'm working full-time. He's working full-time. We're doing all the things. But what if, and Tina said this last week, what if we looked at our calendar and said no to something, which is really hard for me. (laughs) But like what if we said no and made time? And sometimes saying no to something is incredibly scary. I had a social media thing going on. I have said no to that in some big ways, and it was scary for me because it was income for me, okay? 
But I said no because I realized, especially in preparing for this sermon for the past month and a half, that I need to say no and say yes to God more. Saying yes to God more is volunteering more in church. Like, where are you being called? Is it kids? Is it music ministry? Is it preaching? Because you can come on up here right now. We'd be all right. No. But seriously, there is a space for you. You just need to make it. You need to find it. Identify it. If you are outnumbered like my husband and I, trade off. Hey, babe, I'm going to go spend some time with Jesus. And it's great for the kids to see, too. If mom and dad are making time in silence and solitude with the father, what makes you think that they're not going to want to do that too? Or maybe you have a spouse that isn't where you're at, you know? Be that example to them. Because when you spend more time with the father, you're going to have change within you that they're going to be like, what does she got going on? I want that too. I want that peace. So what does it look like, silence and solitude? That is the question of the hour. How do you get it? How do you get there? Well, this right here. This is direct words from the Father. And I know it can be confusing. I get it. I get confused too. Um, But we have lots of great resources. And you don't have to, like, read it for hours at a time. If you only have 10 minutes, make it a good 10 minutes. It's not about quantity. It's about quality, okay? Tina brought up version last week. I'm going to bring up the Bible Project. If you're a podcaster, um, the Bible Project is great. Um, it does chronological, which is like my thing. I like a story. <laughs> I don't like to like just jump into the Old Testament somewhere and be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, reading the Bible, it's not a fortune. It's not a horoscope. It's the word of God, okay? And when we get still and we get silent, the Holy Spirit breaks down the scripture to its very essence and applies it to your life, your circumstance. It might not be in that moment, but it might be something in the future or something in the past that you can reflect on, okay? So get into the word. The Bible Project, like I said, it's chronological. And then what's really cool about the podcast is TLC, not the group from the 90s. Tara Lee Coble, she actually does this thing that she calls it a God shot. So sometimes it's really hard to, like, see where God is in the Bible when you read it. And she is so gifted, and she does a beautiful uh, job about finding the God shot in the scripture that she has read. So you can do it in a year. It's a podcast. It's really great. Also, writing in a journal. Journal is not like a dear diary thing. You can literally just like write down the one piece of scripture that stood out to you and just meditate on it. Read it over and over. Pray about it. Pray over it. Praying is huge during silence and solitude. You will find that when you begin to practice, not only in times of trials, but in ordinary times, you will see a change in your heart, and you're going to be more for him and his will. You're going to be filling your spiritual reservoir. And one last thing I want to share as we're learning to be like Christ, for training to be like him, is uh, 
what a perfect model of silence and solitude than Jesus Christ himself. Jesus took time to rest in silence and solitude. And not only did he do it, he trained his apostles, his disciples, to do it as well. Jesus was fully God and fully man. And it was a priority. He spent time in silence and solitude and rest to prepare for major tasks. To uh, recharge after hard work. To work through grief. He did it before making important decisions in times of distress and to focus on prayer. Church, if Jesus thought that this was a necessity as God and man, how is it not a necessity for us? You know, time spent in solitude with God is not time wasted. As a matter of fact, it probably benefits us so greatly that we don't even realize it. In Philippians 3.10, the Apostle Paul says that his great goal in life, I want to know him. I want to be more deeply, more intimately acquainted with him. Church, what if that was our great goal in life? To get to know him. Sure, we do life together, we come to church on Sundays, we do life groups, we do all the things, but y'all, we can't build a good relationship if we're constantly on a group date. You know what I'm saying? We have to have that one-on-one time. Open up your Bibles. We are going to face something, whether it's right now, whether it's in the future. But let's see if we can glorify God throughout it. Instead of building up that fear, that obstacle, let's rest in him. When you're tired, when you're scared, run to him. He's your refuge. He's your strength. Look at those fingerprints in your journey. They're there. And as we close here, circling back to that sila, that pause, that rest, no matter what's going on, sila's a reminder to rest in the truth that God is with us. And since we're training, I thought, what a moment if we could have a sila moment together. So why don't we just take a little bit of time, close our, our eyes, open our hearts, and just be present with the Father. Maybe you're going through something right now and you don't see a way out. Let him show you. Maybe you've been distant with the Father and you feel like he is not near. You draw that inhale in right now and feel his presence in you. Have a moment here.
Father God, Lord, we come to you with our hearts open. We need more of you every day. We need you more than we sometimes even realize ourselves. Father, I pray that you help us, Lord. Show us where we need to cut things out so we can fill more time for you, Lord. I pray that we feel your peace. We feel your presence. Lord, let us look to you. Fill us. It's in your precious and heavenly name I pray.